being with us again today. I'm so glad that you have invited us into your home and we're going to continue in this series that we have started over the last few weeks. Uh, talking about our emotions, of course, we're experiencing a lot of that now as we learn to a, or adjust to a new way of life that we've been living over the past couple of months and for the foreseeable future. It looks like we're going to still be there. And so we've discussed a few emotions already. Uh, last week we talked about how to deal with those particular emotions. So we're going to tackle another emotion today. We're going to start with anger. And if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 10, we'll be there in just a few moments. The things that we've covered so far is dealing with emotions during this season. Maybe you've thought that you've trusted God in a particular area of your life and now through this set of circumstances, you're realizing that, well, maybe I didn't trust God the way I thought I did. Or you're questioning God a lot more than you had ever thought that you would. Just things are now coming to the surface. And so we're looking at how to deal with these particular emotions. And today we're going to talk about anger. Are we ready for this one? I know that we all experience this uh, over the course of our life. And so we're going to uh, tackle this emotion today. Everyone experiences anger. Now, the way we express anger is different. So it can be a little hard to define, but the way that we express it can be different. You may think of yelling, fighting, throwing things, um, all kinds of inappropriate reactions when it comes to anger. But you know there's other ways, such as the silent treatment. Have you ever faced that before? Or maybe you've done that. The silent treatment can be there for sure, a passive aggressive form of anger. So we express this emotion in different ways. Today, as you're watching this, uh, the temperatures are nice outside. Uh, it's supposed to be in the 80s and sunny. Now, as we're recording this, it's actually still cloudy outside and a little bit chilly, but we've enjoyed some warmer temperatures lately. And so people are beginning to get out a little bit more uh, with the stay-at-home orders easing just a little bit. People are getting out. There's a story of an ice cream shop that's up in Cape Cod. Some of you may have seen this. Uh, story, but uh, this particular owner put out a communication said, hey, we're opening, but here's the deal. We still have social distancing guidelines. As you come in, I expect to be busy. Uh, just be patient. We're going to have to switch gloves. The lines are going to seem longer because of social distancing. So basically he was warning everybody. Well, sure enough, there were a few people in the crowd who began to become impatient and they started getting angry with the teenage employees. They were working very hard doing what they needed to do, but it was just taking a little longer. One of the teenage employees, I believe was 17 years old according to the article, and at the end of this person's shift, they said, I'm not coming back, I can't handle it anymore. Do you know what the owner decided to do? Close up shop. And he had this quote in this particular article that said, people forgot how to treat other human beings. So he was closing his store and he was going to send out more communication to say, look, this is how we're going to um, behave. You're not going to diss my employees like this. You're not going to disrespect them. And so um, that's what happened. Now, many of you know my son, Nathan. He's 17. He works in a big grocery store. Um, actually, they have other items there too, but he works in the grocery section of this store. And Mooresville, I wanna congratulate you. You have done a great job for the most part as you're getting out. Uh, but there have been a few people who've come up to my son and asked for a particular item. And so he looks it up on the handheld computer and uh, 
ma'am, sir, I'm sorry, but we don't have that item in stock. And they have begun to get angry with him. We've forgotten how to treat one another. Where does all this anger come from that we have? And that's what we want to look at today. Why did God give us this emotion if it causes us to sin? Well, let's get a biblical perspective of anger to start out with. And turn with me, if you will, to Leviticus chapter 10. And we're going to see a story here of a time that God got angry. Beginning in verse 1 of Leviticus 10, it says, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died there before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all the people. As you read through the Old Testament, it isn't uncommon to read stories of how people were presenting an offering to the Lord and fire would come down from heaven just in this amazing, majestic display, and it would consume the offering that was there. That wasn't uncommon. But in this particular case, the fire that was being offered, the offering that was being offered uh, to the Lord wasn't proper and wasn't in the way that God had commanded his representatives to do it. Now, thank God that we have grace today, because just as these two young men presented the wrong kind of fire, as the Bible says, we may do that even today. And so we're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for grace that we're not burned up because we're not representing God's holiness. Think about this. Aaron witnessed his two sons get burned up with fire. I want us to look at Moses' response on why this happened. If you'll drop down to verse 3, actually the very next verse, it says, Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all the people. God's wrath at this time was a function of his holiness. We must understand that God does not react out of anger. His holiness rejects those things that are not of God. And again, we have to be so thankful for Jesus in the time frame that we live in now. These sons offered the wrong kind of fire. It wasn't holy in the way that God had prescribed it. You and I have to understand this, that God's wrath is not the same as man's anger. So when we read this, we can think, well, God was just mad and he just had an outburst. He was displaying his holiness. It was something that he had prescribed to his representatives. And as it said there, that these people were presenting and approaching God in a way that wasn't honoring to him. Within this, we understand this as well, that God's ways are higher than ours. God's ways are not our ways. Yet we've been given the Holy Spirit and he guides our emotions. I want you to turn with me now to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 3 through 11 here, and it, it's going to bring some clarity to what we're talking about as well. Again, thank God that we live in grace today. Beginning in verse 3, it says this, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. 
We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of this marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption, check this out, caused by human desires. Verse 5, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patience endurance, patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection for everyone. So that's how we respond to other people. Let's keep going here. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This verse here tells us that we are able to share in the divine nature and to escape the world's corruption that is caused by human desires. In other words, we are able to live life and not react out of anger. God has given us his divine nature to help us in these times. Verse 5 says it instructs us to respond to God's promises and to supplement our faith with knowledge, self-control, patient endurance and godliness, and brotherly affection. You see, failing to develop in godliness in this way, as it's talking about in 2 Peter, causes us to be short-sighted and blind forgetting that we've been cleansed from sin. I want you to think about this for a moment. You've heard the, the, the phrase blind rage. In other words, you don't see the full picture. Your anger is in such a, a way that you can't see properly what's actually happening or maybe you're, how you're hurting other people or how it's even hurting you because there's this blind rage. These are marks of anger and a fleshly nature. So there's the problem. I want us to look at man's anger for a moment. Now turn with me, if you will, just a few pages back to the book of James, and we're going to look in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has had a chance to grow. You ever been tested before by somebody? You want to respond in anger? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So there it is. Verse four, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. The question in every test and in every trial is this, it boils down to this. Do you trust the Lord? We're experiencing now um, uncertainty in jobs, not being together, restrictions that are placed upon us. Do I have enough money now that things have been limited? Do you trust the Lord? That's the question that's being asked. 
And within that, when we know that we know that we can trust the Lord, that he has us through this, and we're probably less susceptible to react out of emotion. Drop down to verse 19 there in uh, the book of James. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There is nothing in our impulsive anger, in my impulsive anger, in your impulsive anger, that will show forth God's righteousness. Simply, there's just nothing there that will show forth. And so we ask God, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Let's look at the root of anger. Turn with me now, turn back a few more chapters uh, to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 16 through 21. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants you to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now here the, he's about to list the desires of our sinful nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Here we go. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. That's a lot that's in there, isn't it? And many of those sins that he is listing deal with the emotion of anger. Anger doesn't produce the fruit that is beneficial to the kingdom of God. In fact, if you go on to read through verse 22, it begins to talk about the fruit that is beneficial to the kingdom of God. Let me just quickly read that. Uh, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. That's the kind of fruit that we want to produce. Not the man's anger that does not produce the righteousness of God. I want to clarify something, and we'll get to this in the fourth point today. We're not talking about righteous anger here. And honestly, that only makes up a small percentage of our anger when we talk about being righteously angry. But if you think back over your life, the times that you've been angry, be honest. How often has it been a righteous anger? I can look at my life and I can say, you know what, it's a very small percentage. But again, we'll tackle that here in just a few moments. The reality is anger is produced by selfishness and pride. Look back on the times that you've been angry for those of you who are married, maybe with your spouse, those of you who have children, you've been angry with your children. Children, maybe you've been angry with your parents or uh, you've been angry with your co-workers or your boss or your employees. Why is that? The reality is we didn't get our way. Usually it can boil down to that. We've been hurt. We've been threatened. We've been irritated. It's things that come against us, and so we react 
in those moments. Emotions cannot be the master of the believer. Your flesh and your spirit are always at odds. You know this. For those of you who are believers, you've lived life long enough. You understand that, that your flesh and your spirit are always at odds. And I want to say this, too. You cannot control your anger. You, you just can't do it. Now, maybe you can put it off for a little while. Maybe you can deal with a particular situation and make it through. But you, on your own, in your strength, in your power, you cannot control your anger. However, as we just read through these verses, the Holy Spirit can take control when we submit to Him. And we can allow Him to help us in those moments to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Proverbs 15.1 says this, a gentle, anger I'm sorry, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I have to admit, I've been guilty of maybe digging just a little bit because I knew it would upset somebody, and I wasn't very happy with them. And so I said a harsh word, and all of a sudden the situation blew up. We cannot control other people but we can control how we respond. In other words, we don't react. And remember, uh, Stasha made that point last week that we're not to react, however, we are to respond according to the Spirit. Third, anger does produce something. I want us to look at what it produces. It doesn't produce benefit for the kingdom, but it does produce something. You've heard the phrase before, I'm so mad I can't see straight. Now, maybe that's just a southern term. I don't know. Maybe you've heard it, uh, if, if, even if you're not from the south. But I've heard people say that before. I'm so mad I can't see straight. In other words, you're blinded by everything that's going on because of that situation, that trial, that test, that individual that has made you angry. See, what, happen what is happening here is the works of the flesh are being produced. When you sow anger, you reap anger. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says this. This is a great verse if you want to underline this one in your Bible. Uh, kind of a digging verse here, Ecclesiastes 7.9. It says, control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Let me read that again. Control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Now, you've seen those people before. They're just mad at everything. And what's your impersonation? What's your impression of those people? They're a fool. Maybe we've even been at that point before. And we can even look back and say, yeah, the way I reacted, I was a fool in that sense. Anger has no place in the kingdom of God, according to the flesh. This emotion must be submitted to God. Now, as we're closing this out today, I want us to see how righteous anger, it can be beneficial. So, so far we've seen the fleshly side of anger, what it produces, how it's not beneficial to the kingdom of God. But let's look at righteous anger uh, and how it can be beneficial. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. And what we're seeing here is the author is telling this story here of Jesus showing anger and flipping tables as he goes into the temple. And uh, we're going to sandwich this story here with the story of the fig tree as well, how Jesus curses the fig tree, and it seems like he was very angry in all of this. Have you ever used the story of Jesus flipping tables and being angry to say, well, Jesus flipped tables and he was justified and that's all I was doing. I was just angry and so I was flipping tables and throwing pots and pans and whatever it may be. 
But let's look at verse 17 in Mark chapter 11 to show how Jesus' anger was a righteous anger. So here we go in Mark, and it says this. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning on how to kill him, but they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. Jesus' anger was a result of commerce and things being sold, and it was taking priority over worship in the temple. That's why Jesus, the anger that he was expressing was righteous because the emphasis was in the wrong place. It was more about the money in the temple than it was about worshiping God. People were being prevented from worshiping God. Now, just before this story, if you're looking there in Mark, you see the story of the fig tree. They're on the way to the temple where this incident had happened. And Jesus noticed this beautiful fig tree there, leaves were on it, and he goes up to it to try to get a fig. No fruit is there. It's not just a coincidence that all this happened. Then, as Jesus, after he turned the tables in the temple, when he's leaving, he and the disciples go back by this fig tree, the one that Jesus had cursed, and at this point, it had withered. It had died because Jesus cursed it. Now, here's the point that's being made out of these two stories. The fig tree story, which is the bread of the sandwich, and then what happened in the temple, which is the meat of what was happening here in, in these two stories. The point being made is that the tree and the temple both look good on the outside. They look the way they were supposed to. The tree had leaves. The temple was a place where you went to worship God. But both were not producing righteous fruit or weren't producing fruit the way it was supposed to. The tree had no figs. The temple was more interested in money and not the worship of God. See, anger can be that for us. It reveals what is actually being produced or not being produced in our lives. We may think it's good. Jesus shows how to address anger in this text as we continue with this story. So let's drop down to verse 24. Verse 24 says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Jesus cursed this fig tree, and it died. Why? It wasn't producing the fruit it was intended to produce. Jesus flipped the tables in the temple of the money changers. Why? Because the fruit, the spiritual fruit that was supposed to be uh, produced within the temple, it wasn't happening. The disciples were shocked with all of this. They, they just couldn't believe what was going on. Jesus told them that they could believe God for anything and not doubt. And if they did that, that God would work on their behalf. However, they couldn't have anger in their hearts. You see, through these two stories, Jesus is bringing something to his disciples here. You can ask God for anything, but what is the fruit that is being produced? God will work on your behalf. We just need to be aware. And he says, but you cannot have anger in your hearts. You know, anger can, uh, anger can actually prevent breakthrough, but it can also be a catalyst 
for cleansing in our lives. Jesus cleansed the temple. He turned it again into a house of worship. That was his intent, to get rid of the commerce and turn it into a house of worship. Anger is beneficial when you see things in your own life or in the lives of others that need to be dealt with, primarily things in your own life, right? Impatience with other people shows that actually I need to work patience in my life. If anger reveals we need cleansing, well then forgiveness is the answer to that anger. We need to forgive people. Maybe we need to forgive ourselves. Maybe we need to forgive the church. We need to forgive the people that are around us who cause us to be angry. Ephesians 24, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4:26 addresses this. It says, "And don't sin by letting anger control you." See, when anger controls you, it's a sin according to this. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives foothold to the devil. So let me ask you this as we're wrapping this up. Which is better, receiving healing in your life or sweet revenge? Without forgiving, you, for, you give a foothold to the devil. And I want to encourage you today. Let's not give foothold to the devil in our lives with the emotion of anger and not handling it properly. I want you to take a few minutes where you are and maybe search your heart. Maybe there's an area where you've experienced anger and ask God to forgive you. Ask him to help you deal with that anger to produce righteousness that he would have you produce as a child of God. And so I want to pray with you as well. Maybe you need to receive Jesus as your Savior today. I want to lead you in that prayer as we're closing out. Also, you will notice that there are uh, a couple of questions and a couple of things that you can do today in dealing with anger. So I want you to go over those uh, by yourself. Go over those with your family that talks about anger and ask God to help you. As we're coming out of this and America is beginning to open up again slowly, uh, we'll see how that goes and the time frame and all of that. But Let's be aware of who we are representing and the fact that we're producing righteous fruit. Let's pray together today. Lord, I thank you for how you have given us emotions, Lord, that reveal things in our own life. And God, we want to show forth the fruit of the Spirit. We want to show forth joy and patience and kindness and gentleness. And Lord, in those areas where we fall short, will you grant us uh, the presence of your Holy Spirit to remind us, God, that we need to be obedient to you and to get our emotions in check. And Lord, if there's anyone today who has never received you as Lord and Savior of their life, God, I pray that they would understand this. First of all, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus uh, came to this earth in a human body. Uh, he paid the price for our sin by dying on the cross. He was buried. He raised again on the third day. He arose from the grave. Uh, and not only that, he ascended to the Father, and now he's making intercession for us. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, those who may have never received Jesus today would recognize and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who has cleansed them from sin. And I want to encourage you, you can do that today. Just ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, uh, that you recognize that he is the Son of God. And here's what I want you to do as well. If you're praying this prayer for the first time of forgiveness of sins and uh, receiving Jesus into your life, will you please let us know? Here's how you can do that. You can email us at info at livingabundantly.org or you can reply to the email or message us on Facebook and let us know that you've made a decision for Christ today. 
Uh, maybe you want to share your story with us of how you've been able to deal with anger or you need prayer in this area. Again, the same way you can get a hold of us and uh, let us know and we will get back to you and pray for you. Please know that we love you. We're praying for you and we will see you next week. God bless you all.